I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway. You're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! Hello and what's up all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between. Thank you for joining us for a new edition of And The Podcast Will Rock. Welcome back. And if it's your first time to the show, let me tell you what we do here. We are the podcast that dives into the catalog and discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. And we do it one track at a time. I am your co-host, Mark Kamira. With me, as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, are you ready to rock or are you ready to just simply roll? No, I'm ready to rock tonight, my friend. Uh, today was a really good day. I had a good session at the gym last night. I'm really stiff, which means I worked last night, so I feel good about mm -hmm. that. I had a great mail day today. Uh, first of all, I got uh, my copy of, uh, if anyone out there knows the band Thunder, they're one of my, my favorite bands. I'm listening to a lot of Thunder right now, and they put on an album in 1990 called uh, Backstreet Symphony. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. They did a reissue of it on like a gold and silver vinyl. It's two uh, discs. Uh, the second one has a bunch of live uh, cuts and, and outtakes and stuff. Have you ever heard the song Dirty Love by Thunder? That's from that album. Fantastic oh, album. I recommend everybody check it out. That came today uh, from the UK. And I'm showing everybody on the call. Of course, people can't see this unless you're watching on YouTube. Got a package from one Kevin Brown uh, today uh, in the mail. And I thought I would do kind of a live unboxing uh, right oh. now because I, I, I wonder what it could be. I'm hoping it pertains to the live show that we're going to be doing maybe May yeah if, uh, for those following along you might know the the saga of of Corey's package as it were uh sent by kevin brown and there it, and there it is. is 
Van Halen live right here, right now. Thank you so much, Kevin. It, it was packaged impeccably. The guy does great, great work. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, but, oh, it's finally here. Uh, it's in my hands. Uh, I know what I'm listening to when we log off the call tonight, straight through until May 26th, when we, <laughs> we're, we're, we're picking three songs. All of them are coming from live right here, right now, and we're guaranteeing one of them is going to be one of the bonus tracks. The bonus tracks, of course, on this record are The Dream Is Over, Eagles Fly, and mine, all mine. So we'll be playing one of those as part of that live show. And uh, one confirmed uh, guest is uh, one Mr. Eric Senich from the Van Halen News Desk. So there you go. Yeah, we 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 can't do a live show without Eric Senich, man. Like even no. if he uh, even if he shows up late, he shows up, and he's a very big uh, supporter, and we appreciate that about him. Among all of the things that we appreciate about him, but you know what? Speaking of appreciating and supporting. Corey and I have a guest tonight. It is a, uh, I'm going to say a proud sponsor. I'll, I'll say it's a proud one, uh, but it's a sponsor nonetheless on our Patreon. And uh, also longtime listener, I, sh- I should say so. Uh, we appreciate that. Give it up to Greg Zito. Greg, hello. Yeah. Nice to finally meet hey. you in person, man. Nice well, to kind meet of you in person. person. Yeah. Very proud sponsor. Very proud listener going all the way back to show number one. Yes. Every single one. A patient man he is. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is it's been a journey, I'm sure. It and has. uh it yeah. Been looking forward to this for a long time. Well, that's good. As long as long as uh, what you were looking forward to was coming on the show and celebrating with Corey and I, and not so much uh, let me tell you about how you're doing everything wrong, boys. You're doing it all wrong. As long as, as, long as that's not the case, we're going to have a good time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And my wife has been looking forward to having me talk about Van Halen with somebody else. <laughs> you, have another well, you, came, you came to the right place and, uh, you know, you come, come back around for the live show where there's just a whole slew of us just talking yeah. Van Halen. That'll be a, a very yeah. good time. You know, my wife can relate. Maybe they should form a support group with uh, Christy too. <laughs> yeah, Christy too. Yeah, you know, I mean, she she can tolerate Van Halen a little bit, but definitely not. She's she's even point blank looked at me and goes like, "I don't understand how you just keep talking about it." I was like, "Well, it's it's oh, a God. band I like. I can I can talk about uh, music I I love all day." And she knows that, and she would agree. But you know, Christy, as 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 much as support as she throws our way, and as much as she appreciates Van Halen, she's not a super fan. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, my wife's the same thing. When that box showed up today, she goes, will you shut up about this package now, finally? Like, fuck, it's been forever. You've been talking <laughs> the about these records. Yeah. I mean, well, she says that now, but uh, as soon as you start spinning it, you, you just let her know. You sit her down and go, I want you to take a moment to appreciate what's being, what's happening right That's now. Right. And uh, maybe she'll see the light. Uh, but, uh, but until that time, we've got a show to do. So, Corey, uh, you got anything going down on the, uh, speaking of Eric Sinich, from the Van Halen News Desk, anything we want to bring to light to the, to the audience? You know, a lot of great stuff uh, on the Van Halen News Desk, of course. Go check them out, vhnd.com. Uh, Eric Sinich uh, continually writes for them. And check out his other podcast, Booked on Rock. He's had a lot of great yeah. shows lately. Uh, go check him out there. Of course, uh, May 8th was Alex Van Halen's 70th birthday. Uh, so they had a great article about that. Uh, Alex uh, kind of came out of, uh, you know, his self-include, uh, you know, his uh, recluseness, 
Is that a word? Mm-hmm. I'm making Lucas it one. Ness, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right now. Uh, j- j- just to kind of send out a message on Instagram. Uh, you said, uh, quote, your sound is always with me. Missing you a bit extra today. Hashtag Van Halen forever. Ed, I wish you were here to celebrate with me. You left too soon. It's comedy down here. Boy, has he ever got that right. So <laughs> yeah, a very happy birthday uh, to Alex Van Halen. Uh, of course, uh, Mammoth WVH, our good friend Wolfie, uh, just released another single, Like a Pastime. Uh, which is kind of unlike anything they've ever done. The Lurk video is linked on the Van Halen's new desk, news desk. You can check that out. Uh, Vito Brada is talking about uh, Eddie Van Halen on here. And uh, there's actually a trailer. Uh, a bunch of fans made a documentary about 1984. And uh, so you can oh, go yeah. check out that trailer on the Van Halen news desk. But one thing I wanted to do right now, uh, Eric Sanich actually sent me an email that he got from a listener uh, of oh. his uh, and of ours. Uh, we're uh, not that long ago, Mark, we we're talking about this little spreadsheet we got here and talking about the numbers that are on it. And we were kind of surprised that as of right now, uh, for you and I, well, for you, especially, uh, you're uh, more inclined to enjoy the Dave stuff than the Sammy. And, and we found that kind of surprising. And, uh, and this fellow by the name of Ben Andriozzi, and if I'm spelling or saying your name wrong, uh, my apologies. I just wanted to kind of give his, his perspective on that. Sure. Um, so, uh, he just mentioned, uh, I'll just preface this a little bit. Uh, he'd been following the Van Halen uh, news desk for very uh, many years. And that's how he came across on the podcast. Well, rock uh, his initial impression was this is going to be fucking awesome. I imagine that changed uh, after he heard the, heard the show. <laughs> uh, but uh, he said uh, he just finished episode 76. Ain't talking about love. And uh, during our poll from the previous week, the host Mark and Corey went into a discussion related to the fact that percentage wise, the David Lee Roth era garnered a much stronger reaction from Van Halen fans than the Sammy Hager, Sammy Hager era. Uh, this article is one Van Halen's fan reaction to their disbelief. So he says, I suppose I should start with saying I've witnessed Van Halen on eight occasions. Lucky bastard. Uh, the first oh. two with the original lineup in Providence, Rhode Island, and Worcester in the early 80s. Then with Sammy Hager in the late 80s, also in Worcester. Is that how you say it? Is it Worcester? Worcester, Massachusetts. Oh, uh, Worcester. Well, help me out, America. Worcester. Okay. Worcester. 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 Thank you. Like, uh, I'm yeah. Canadian, forgive me. No, it's- uh, then, then by pure coincidence, scalping tickets on my honeymoon in the late 90s with Gary Sharon in Oakland, California. There's a story. <laughs> Can we get Ben on the show? I want to hear more about yeah, that. Yeah. Well, I was about to say, like, Ben, you're gonna have to expand on that one. Yeah. Uh, then finally, four more times with Wolfie in 87 uh, 07 08, Boston and Providence, and 15, Bethel, New York, and Mansfield, Massachusetts. I was 14 year olds when Van Halen One was released and was instantly stunned by the eloquent velocity of the band. All the members were incredible, incredible talents, along with teenage angst and a search for good times that all kids from that era longed for. Having been pummeled by disco, that's a good word, in the previous five years or so, and being a Zeppelin, Stones, Hendrix, and Aerosmith fan, this is a transform, transformational band. Edward Van Halen, to this day, in my opinion, is the greatest guitarist to have walked among us other than Jimi Hendrix. Well, that, that's an opinion shared by many, my friend. Oh, yeah. And that's good company to have if that's uh, no you know, if you're going to put put those two on the uh, on the upper uh, uh, echelon. Yeah, I think that's yeah. uh, well said. Yeah. All right. Uh, ben, perfect. Ben uh, continues. I believe the explanation for why more early Van Halen fans are more protective of the original lineup is more of a disappointment than the band broke up in 84. And we believe there was much more to be recorded and performed in the coming years. So he's saying it's more that the band broke up. And they thought they're, you know, the band was just kind of maybe reaching their zenith, you know, around 1984, right? They were hitting, hitting like another peak. And then all of a sudden right. it was gone. Uh, early Van Halen fans uh, were hardcore like myself. And when Sammy came in, it was not the same. I'm not saying it wasn't good. It's that it wasn't great. In my opinion, all recorded David Lee Roth albums have a grittiness and edge that Sammy Hagar could not produce. 
The Sammy years seemed more like Journey, who, in his opinion, is the most overrated rock group in history. It was more pop-orientated, similar, in my opinion, to the, more, the move Springsteen made after his album, The River. Springsteen's early recordings had that edge in a wild abandon that was, a credi- that was incredible and is missed. And yes, David's voice may not be the greatest live. And yes, he forgets lyrics from time to time. With that said, he is the consummate entertainer, i.e. Jagger, Sinatra, and dare I say, Michael Jackson. Nothing wrong with that comparison. The early Van Halen shows were lightning in a bottle, a party of epic proportions, all while seeing four amazing talents right in front of your eyes. Also, original Van Halen fans went through a long road beginning in 85, waiting a decade for a few new Dave era songs that crushed with rumors of a possible tour. Then finally seeing the band reunite in 2007, unfortunately without Michael Anthony to many of us hardcore fans dismay. I loved Wolfgang and he kicked royal ass, although many of us longed for the original lineup to take the stage once again with Michael holding that bottle of Jack Daniels and asking us who's ready. So with the passing of the great Edward Van Halen, I often revert back to catalog, revert back to catalog of 1978 to 84 and wonder if there will ever be a stretch of records that kicked ass harder then Van Halen won to Women and Children First, Fair Warning, Diver Down, and 1984. Well, so I just wanted to share that from Ben. Yeah, he had a, a lot of good yeah, insights. Yeah. And because I came into Van Halen uh, during 1984, Greg, when did you uh, get into Van Halen? Um, I got into Van Halen, I would say, uh, you, you know, my entry point, I was about 12 years old when 1984 came out. And like all the, you know, MTV, you know, all the videos and stuff like that. And so that, that kind of was the entry point for me, but then I got into middle school and I started listening to, you know, Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and all that stuff. And I went out and bought uh, Van Halen one and I had never heard eruption and uh, uh, ran home threw it in the cassette player with one of my buddies, turned it all the way up. And then heard that and then literally fell on the floor and was just in shock going, oh, my God, what is that? How did he do that? I have no idea what I just heard and listened to it a hundred times over and over and over, just trying to figure out what was going on. And uh, then from then on, uh, totally, totally obsessed. So uh, but that was it. That was it. So uh, like kind of similar for me, I, I was 10 when 1984 came out and then I bought the back catalog. So none of us were really around when Van Halen one came out, Van Halen two, women and children, kind of the early era stuff. Right. So um, apparently and uh, how Ben's explaining it is if, if you're around in a diehard from like the beginning, yeah, it was just the fact that in 84, it all just kind of fell apart. And then here comes Sammy and, and things changed. Uh, so I, I, I can certainly get that perspective. I know he said uh, uh, in his letter here, uh, he wanted to, uh, you know, talk about, uh, give his reaction to our disbelief. Our disbelief, I think, Mark, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, only came from the fact that you were voting Dave stuff higher than Sammy. That's what kind of, I'm not shocked that there's more uh, Dave fans out there than Sammy fans. I totally get that. But the fact that you seem to be converting into a Dave fan is what struck me as weird. Well, I was never not a Dave fan. Let me right. point, let me get that clear. But I, I understand the uh, why you would ask. Honestly, and the truth of it is, and if we really break it down and go into the songs, I mean, it's all of that right in front of you. I think we've just hit more Dave, or uh, we've hit more Sammy stinkers than we have uh, Dave stinker. I mean, he's like Dave's got a few, uh, but we all see. It seems like when we hit a Dave track, we hit like a really good Dave track. Um, and there's a lot from the Dave era. We we all know that, but there's a uh, there's also a lot 
of really awesome stuff in the Sammy era. Unfortunately, we just seem to, uh, in these first, what, 70 something shows, we just seem to land on the, not the ones that are the uh, greatest of offerings. Let's put it that way on the, uh, on the Sammy camp. Um, but if you're keeping score, uh, I think I've downvoted uh, most of Gary's stuff than I have uh, Sammy's. Um, yep. but, uh, again, correct. You might want to check the numbers on that, but thankfully it's just the one album. I think that's ultimately where it comes from. My, my, uh, thank you, Ben, first of all, for your email. My concern is why, who, who, whom from journey hurt you so bad that, uh, <laughs> because like <laughs> I have heard people say things about journey over the years. Um, one of the most overrated is not one I would really uh, I would have associated with journey. I mean, they ha do they have a particular niche? Yes. They're arena rock and they've never shied away from being exactly what they are. Um, so, I mean, I guess, I guess it's just a, a, a subjective matter of opinion, but, uh, I, I don't know. Journey's always been a really damn good band. So I, I, I figure they're, um, they're more rated than they are overrated, but that's just me. And I respect your opinion. I do, though. I do wonder if you have that opinion over Journey. What are some other great? I, I wonder what his opinion on you two would be, uh, mm. seeing as how he seems to, um, based on how his email is worded, he seems to have preferred the uh, less popular version of some of these bands out here. Uh, so I'm I'm curious if if you're a U2 fan, Ben, uh, how do you feel about uh, where they've gone? Uh, in their uh, degree of success and uh, popularity because YouTube has been around a long time and they have gone through uh, many different levels of popularity in their time. So uh, yeah, it hit us back. Let's, let's hear, hear back from that. You can reach us at podcastlerock.com. Um, you don't have to bother Eric next time, but uh, there you go. Nevertheless, thank you for your, uh, for your email. So, um, good stuff. If you're, if you're ready to let's, let's launch into the poll, Corey. Absolutely. And actually, uh, just, just to your point, I'm, I was kind of looking at what's the lowest rated Dave song currently uh, from our polls. And right now it's dancing in the streets from diver down 62%. What dreams are made of. So even that was still voted upvoted. What dreams are yeah. made of, uh, the lowest original was tattoo, uh, 70%, but you look at the right. lowest rated, yeah. uh, Sammy track right now is up for breakfast which was 19% what dreams are made of 81% <laughs> this dream is over. So that's going to skew the numbers. Yeah. yeah and I'm not going to, yeah, exactly. That's what, see, that's my point. Like, well, look at the stinkers on either side compared to like, like, look at the ones that we've landed on with Sammy compared to the ones we've landed on with Dave. So of course the vote is going to go that way. And, you know, I can't justify up for breakfast, so I'm not going to try. Uh, and to that end, uh, <laughs> we're talking about skewing the numbers. Last week we did year to the day uh, from Van That's Halen right. three, and uh, we did, and it, it, it's positive. Uh, it's 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 a little above average. Fifty eight percent. What dreams are made of? Forty two percent. This dream is over. So all of us on the call, uh, Mark even included, uh, voted mm -hmm. in favor of year to the day. Uh, it's the second highest vote getter uh, from Van Halen three. The first being uh, uh, without you seventy percent. Yeah, this uh, what dreams are made of twenty nine percent or twenty nine point eight percent. This dream is over. So uh, it's second to that. Uh, I figured this would be a little divisive and kind of right down the middle, but I'm pleasantly surprised that uh, the majority, the slim majority of the people agreed with us and think this is a good track. I actually legit thought the voting was going to go this way, but flipped. 
I thought it was going to okay. be uh, more so like the 54% uh, dream is over whilst, you know, the other voted up. So this is actually really surprising, but uh, so maybe uh, everyone heard what we heard. So if you don't mind, I'm going to get to the polls results. Yeah, I tell you, what, comments I tell you here. what, it's not everyone because the guy on this call with us uh, was not a fan, according to his Twitter comment. No, that's true. So, and uh, I'm I was glad trying you to be nice. Because <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start with him, uh, uh, Greg Zito himself, and and I quote you, sir. Sometimes the experiment works, and sometimes it doesn't. Some good ideas, but this meandering, melancholy track does not land for me. Um, understandable. Care to elaborate any more, or is that uh, is that pretty clear? Yeah, you know, I mean, it just, I mean, look, it's eight minutes long. I mean, first of all, I mean, it, you know, <laughs> it's an eternity, right? And then it just, it, it, you know, like you wonder what Ted Templeman would have done with somebody, you know, with something like this. Like he would have tightened this thing up and said, listen, you got to, you got to get your ideas together and you just got to, stay focused. And I feel like with Van Halen three, one of the problems was that, you know, I mean, obviously you had, you know, Gary come in and I don't know whether that was the best fit and how everything worked, but I feel like on the, you know, the producer side, you, you know, Eddie was kind of being the producer there too. And nobody wants to tell Eddie Van Halen, Hey, maybe don't do this because He's Eddie Van Halen. You can't tell him what to do. And you need somebody like Ted to come in and go, this is, this is how this has to work. And we got to cut this thing down. It's going to be three and a half minutes or four minutes. And this is what, what needs to make this thing work. And yeah, definitely. What that's, that's what, uh, the, my guess as to what Templeman's notes might've been, was like, maybe let's shorten it. Yeah, he'd probably make the uh like the the mixing a lot better as well, probably like astoundingly oh, yeah. better. But uh but other than that, I don't see him giving like too many notes on this track because what else can you say about it? Um but hey, yeah, fair enough. Uh uh I thought I had another point to make, but nope. Case in point, there <laughs> you go. Uh so thank you for elaborating. And uh yes, I I agree with most of your points there, but, uh, Oh, Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Yes. It's eight minutes long, but I'll be honest. I didn't feel the eight minutes because I guess I was just so blinded by confusion as to what I was hearing because I was actually not hating it. Uh, and with every Van Halen three track, I always assume I'm going to absolutely hate it because they don't have a great track record, uh, with me. Um, but I don't know if for whatever reason to me, it didn't feel like we were going through like eight minutes. Like it didn't feel like such a slog. So maybe that's just a testament to how I was not so down on the track. So, or, um, I wasn't down on it. I was, I was up on it. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know, but, uh, that's just a slight digression back to the poll results. So going to read you some, uh, from our, uh, from our Patreons actually, because they want their tweets guaranteed red. And if you want your tweets guaranteed red on the show, join our Patreon. So, uh, Sean geek and fast red podcast, our friend, Sean McGinnity and patron says, I spent a period watching Van Halen three concert footage and appreciating Gary's work with the band. While I tend to agree that the album feels unfinished and lacks any kind of polish. I do remember liking this live a lot and it gets my vote up. So there you go. There's a, there's a vote. Yay. From, uh, from Sean. And uh, I, you know, that's, Hey, 
maybe live it sounds better. So, I mean, it, a, a live show can make or break a band, can make or break a performance. And uh, there are many a bands that I wouldn't have cared for beforehand. Seeing their live show, I'll go like, oh, okay, I get it. I'm in. So that that makes a big difference. Ryan Powell says, a beautiful epic. Ed creates the perfect backdrop to Gary's poetic, melancholic vocals. Uh, the chorus is great; is a great release anyone who has lost someone can relate to. The length is often criticized, but I'm glad they took the time to let this one develop and breathe. It allowed the space for perhaps Ed's most extended solo to be found within the confines of the song. Not having to rush, Ed has time to develop the solo out of a bluesy motif. And the way he and Al react to each other throughout uh, as the solo builds is a wonder to behold. I love the climax with the call and response interplay between Ed and Gary. The syllables of the panned 365 perfectly create an <laughs> intensifying rhythm, enabling Gary to accent each note and drive the song to its emotional end with the recap of the intro, a perfect coda. That's a very, very uh, uh, nice way of, of, of justifying that 365 bit, which, as you know, Corey, uh, was my least favorite part of that yes. song. It's like, all right, you're, <laughs> y we get it. Okay, we get it. But uh, nonetheless, uh, thank you, Ryan, with your uh, ever, ever so, uh, your expertise and critique. We appreciate yes, it. Kevin absolutely. Brown, friend of the show and Corey's hey. hero, uh, says, right. what the, f <laughs> he says, what <laughs> the fuck? There's gold on Van Halen three. I thought it was all awful. Arse. I thought it was all awful, awful arse gravy, but this, <laughs> let me try that again. I thought awful it was all gravy? awful arse gravy, but this track is excellent. <laughs> kind of puts me in mind of since I've been loving you by Zep yep. more than innuendo sonically Corey, uh, uh, more than innuendo sonically Corey, but in terms of scope and ambition, I get you. And that was exactly uh, my point. I, you know, I, I meant when I compared it to you and it was more in scope and ambition, not sonically, but more in just kind of the, the, the scope of it, the scale. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, and he, he, uh, completes by saying a completely unique sound for the band and a great vocal performance to boot. No apologies to Gary necessary. He's just channeling his inner Chris Cornell on this one. Hashtag what dreams are made of, you know, I could hear a little bit of a little, little Cornell is oh, yeah. in there, whether that was intentional or not, uh, probably, well, it might've been just a little, uh, but nevertheless, if you can pull off Cornell isms in your vocal performance, I say that's a win. And that is you know, me as a fan. You know, what's funny is that you always call out Gary on that album, trying to sound too much like Dave or even Sammy mm -hmm. at certain times here. He's trying yeah. to sound like Chris Cornell and, uh, pulling it off. It works. Um, and yet I still, it still feels like Gary, actually this, this song, I think on Van Halen three sounds the most like Gary, uh, than the rest of them, uh, to me, but yeah, you're right there. He's still, obviously there's still some stuff going on that he's channeling. Uh, that's not exactly him, but you can tell a lot of influence. So Chris Cornell being one of them. Sure. I could hear it. Uh, Rava Flav says, sounds like a song that I would easily skip over. That's until you guys broke it down. It's too long, but it's filled with some great elements. Lots of stuff on Van Halen 3 doesn't sound like Van Halen, but this one lets out some good guitar, bass, drums. Robert Cato hung in and pulled it through. Uh, yeah, shout out to Robert Cato. Yes, um, great and, job. and yes, um, ordinarily you'd be right. If, if we didn't spin the song and I was, for whatever reason, 
cruising through Van Halen three, I would absolutely skip this one. Uh, and I would skip most of them because why would I be cruising through that album? Uh, this, no, <laughs> just not, uh, it's not for me. Um, Wabo and Cabo, our friend Don Detallo says, well, I'll say it's much better than I remembered it being when the album first came out. For some reason, Gary's voice just doesn't do it for me, but he's okay on this one. Eddie Solos helped pull it to the what dreams are made of side. Maybe it won't be a year to the day to play it again. I like what you did there. And uh, yeah, this one's this one's kind of a winner. I was shocked just as much as you guys. All right, moving on here. Uh, let's see. Uh, who we got? Da, 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 da. Chaz Mataz, our friend Chaz says, "You got to be kidding me." Yes, it may be the second best song on the album, <laughs> but fuck's sake, this dream is over and it shat the bed. So Chaz did not uh share not our in our <laughs> enthusiasm. Not no, not a fan whatsoever. So, but hey, you know, it, it is what. And, it and, is, and should we point out, Chaz uh, intentionally does a podcast on the album Lulu. And, uh-huh. and called this and said this shit to bed. <laughs> the 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 irony is not lost on anybody. It's fine. But you know, hey, we love you. That's Chaz. why we yeah we appreciate you, Chaz. There you go. Take a shot. Uh, Scott Monroe says, "I dig it. This is I think this is Gary's best showing vocally and lyrically on Van Halen three. I agree. Uh, yeah. Years ago, as an impatient youngster, I thought Eddie's rip roaring guitar solo uh, should have been broken out as a standalone intro track, but Nowadays, I'm happy with the whole song as it is. I think it's meant to be experienced as a bluesy prog rock soundscape that clearly aims to be epic and emotional. Uh, It goes in a different direction than we're used to. And I appreciate drink the artistry audacity, the artistic audacity, rather to go slow burn and longer than ever. Very true. Like all of Van Halen 3, the mixing isn't great. And sure, the song could have been edited down to a, to be a little tighter, especially in the 365 final act. <laughs> Even so, it's got replay value for me and was definitely a highlight of seeing them live in 98. Hashtag what dreams are made of. Hashtag no apologies to Gary. This might be uh, one of the only ones where we're not saying apologies to Gary because, again, there there was no need. So... Um, but I, okay. So I'm getting a, I'm getting a good idea of how, uh, how people were, were thinking what their mindset was going into this. And a lot of them shared our mindset or at least mine in terms of not looking forward to this. This is going to be real, real bad, but holy shit. Nope. I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, and it was, uh, I believe it was Robert that said, you, this one might surprise you. And he was right. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, and that that's, uh, we got some other tweets, uh, on the, uh, on the poll, but, uh, if you want to get them guaranteed read on the show, we do yes, have a new patron. We have a new we patron do. that, that oh, did comment on this one. Yeah. No, you're uh, right. None other than uh, Nate from the deep purple podcast. Of course I am a fool and I knew it wasn't going to be that easy. I knew I couldn't do this smoothly. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, it's fine. Uh, what I was going to say is it's uh, if you want your tweet guaranteed to be read on the show, just like our friend uh, from the deep purple podcast right here, uh, we're going to get to it right now. Uh, Nate says, wow, a really great track off this album. I bet this was a killer track live. Even the 365 ad lib at the end wasn't enough to sink it. <laughs> really dig this one. Sounds like Van Halen's mistreated. Uh, so there Good you are. Um, yep. That is a good one. So thank you, Nate. And thank you everyone who uh, 
voted and uh, put out a tweet. Uh, we read the ones from our patrons because that's what you get guaranteed. So as I said before, you want to be like these guys, be like our guest tonight, Greg, join the Patreon, find a tier that's right for you. Guarantee we got something you'll all enjoy and uh, you'll get your tweet read and we can go into it. So that being said, I think it's time for our favorite part of the show other than the actual spinning. And that is manifestations. We will manifest the track that we want to talk about tonight. So I throw it over to you, Greg Zito. You are the guest, the honored guest, uh, the, uh, the very patient fan because you've been listening to us for this long. You still hung, you, you, you held out long enough and here you are. What pray tell, what track would you like for us to, uh, to possibly spend the night? So tonight's a great night. I'm hanging out with my Van Halen friends. We need a good time song for tonight. So on the Sammy side, I'm looking for summer nights and for the Dave side, it's gotta be bottoms up. Ah, bottoms up. So, uh, summer nights is one that's uh, that that one gets a lot of uh, manifesting uh, across the board. I've noticed. Yes, and to that point, uh, on our Discord channel, which if you're a patron, you also get access to the Discord server. Uh, t- uh, Kevin Brown also manifesting summer nights here tonight, uh, uh, while our go. good friend uh, Scott Monroe wants to hear a little get up. Of course, which would also be a good one. I, I'm going to go a little different. Uh, I, I'm in a Dave mood, and actually, I was I was spitting this a little bit earlier for you guys. Uh, it's really dusty here. I'm in kind of a Western kind of mood. I'm thinking Hang 'Em High from Diver Down. That's what I'd like to hear tonight. You know what I would love to hear tonight? I would love to hear something that just really, as the kids say, really fucks. Uh, so I want to hear a song from the Fuck album from For right. Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, and uh, which should shock nobody because I love that album. I talk about it a lot. Uh, and we haven't heard enough from it. So by God, what does a guy got to do to get some pound cake up in this bitch? So uh, <laughs> I'm trying real, real hard for some pound cake because I think it's time. Uh, and if it's not time for this show, then maybe the live show, maybe that'll be a, a good time for that track to drop. But nevertheless, focused, I'm ready. I want pound cake tonight. Love it. And, you know, you want to save that one for a special night. We got Greg here. Finally, I think tonight mm-hmm. would be a perfect night to spin pound cake. We got the perfect guest. We we all got we got the perfect drinks. We're ready to fucking rock and roll. What do you say? Let's do this, boys. Yeah. Greg had a great idea early on. You want to tell us what that is? How many times we're going to shuffle? Yeah. Can you give me uh, six shuffles for the king of six strings? Absolutely, my pleasure. One, two, three, four, five, six. Here we go. Here we go. We're getting a little Romeo delight from all women right, and children all right. first. All right. Not bad oh, at that. how close that was to not only summer nights. Summer nights and humans called being. Your shots and humans I, 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 yeah, you know, I can work with any of those. But we got to, uh, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say how I feel because we got to save that for the end, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. Save them. So, uh, but, uh, but before we get into, uh, Romeo Delight. This, yeah, this is another one that uh, a lot of people have been itching, itching to hear. I think since we started the show, I remember people uh, dropping this one into the uh, into the tweets and comments, whatever about it's like you know, spin this one. I want to hear about this one. Like, well, we don't decide where the wheel goes; we simply spin it. 
Uh, so long time, long manifested track, this one. And finally, here we are to get to it. Uh, do you have any anything you want to, uh, without showing your hand, Corey, at the top here, uh, before we get into Romeo's Delight, any caveats, any uh, uh, things to say about it? You do this every week. I'm trying to look up facts about women and children first. Throw it to the guest. Give me like three. I can, I can tell you. I can tell you what I know about without this. showing your hand, Greg. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> uh, they um, they used to like to use this one as an opener. So very often, um, I think they even use this in the US Festival. And uh, Dave had a little bit of a brain fart on it and um forgot the word like the whole set yeah yeah but like like uh this was but this was very often um they use this one uh to open a lot of shows during the early era this was um one for that must be uh uh just a real a real banger of a track that uh they could get the people uh fired up for this is uh Whilst I know, and I was I was telling Corey about this earlier, uh, sometimes when I listen to music, and especially if it's a band with a very long repertoire, I'll sometimes just hit shuffle, like just play what you want, and then just let my brain sort of tune out, you know, kind of in and out, whatever. Uh, so there's a good chance uh, Romeo Delight has uh, entered my brain frequency several times but if you were to ask me to hum a little bit from it i don't think i could do it i'm like nope I, i'm gonna be thinking about five other van halen songs before i can figure this one out i'm sure it'll hit me uh once we get into it so but i won't say this is going to be a fresh reaction but it'll be moderately fresh because i've never listened to romeo delight with the uh analytical ear so to speak so um, but like I said, this one has long since been manifested. So I'm excited to hear what it is that everyone's been asking for, for quite some time. Um, so I'm ready, Greg, if you're ready and Corey, if you're ready, what do you say we get into Romeo delight? All right. Absolutely. You know, I, I just wanted to, uh, Greg was mentioning the S festival there. I found a great quote here. Uh, daily Roth, uh, changed the lyrics of the second verse, uh, during the band's 1982 Hydra sheep tour. And it's most apparent during the US Festival in 83, where he made his usual changes before famously yelling, I forgot the fucking words. <laughs> I mean, you know, at least he uh, called himself out on it. Yeah. Which is, which I think is hilarious because it is the most money anybody has been paid for a show ever. And about 30 seconds in, he. <laughs> He screams that out. And I just wonder, you know, what the money men were thinking then. Yeah. No kidding. All right. <laughs> they were probably not a lot, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's take it all the way back to 1980 and women and children first. This is Romeo Delight. All right, Mark, you got to be happy. This is a scorcher right off the hop. It really is. It almost gave me uh, feelings of uh, like the punk era, uh, which is hilarious because never once has, I don't think anyone's ever put Van Halen in that sort of uh, uh, subgenre or anything like of that nature because they're not a punk band. But this, this uh, opening lick, whatever, has a very punk edge to it. 
Uh, so I can see right away, right off the bat, why everyone was gung-ho about it, because it does. It gets you amped, like good Van Halen does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, this, you can see why this is a show opener. Like, it's it's got that, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, you know, it's got a big uh, packs of punch. It cooks. Yeah, and uh, I found this great quote from Michael Anthony uh, talking about, he says, uh, quote, I think the reason it sounds so vicious uh, is that we were on such a punishing schedule of tour record tour that we had no time to stop. And it, it really kind of right? shows, yeah, in, in this track here. Which I just looked up is our uh, second to last uh, cut from Women and Children First. After tonight, we only have one song left, and it's And the Cradle Ooh. Will Rock. <laughs> <laughs> that is just uh, uh, poetic. Yeah. We're in for a very long night. Rumor from your mama's tongue. You a desperate woman need a man with a gun. High crime zone in the city of lights. Oh man, the band is just cooking like like Mikey, like on the like the bass sounds fucking fantastic. And listening to this with headphones on, probably for the first time in my life, you really appreciate what Mikey and Alex are doing in the background there. That's exactly where my brain went. It's like the you know who's doing work in this song is Mikey. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. like if you I mean if you really like tune into what he's doing, he's just like the the gallop the finger gallop is not really ceasing anytime soon and you know we've heard him do stuff like this before um so not a shocker but it's just very cool to hear yeah as you say with headphones you can hear it all um but i love that i love that a lot yeah he's really yeah he's really up in the mix Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he should I love, be. Yeah, Where, yeah he mix. really is. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I just want to shout out a couple of liquors. Pa- uh, Paralyniker uh, in the chat on YouTube watching us here tonight. And uh, Sean McGinnity. Hey, Sean, how's it going? What up? He says, Mikey, the young sung hero. No fucking shit, my friend. Absolutely. Yep. Could not agree more. Wanna see my ID? Try to clip my wings. Don't have to show you proof of anything. I know the law, friend. Now I'm going back outside. Give it a try. I'm your last loose 
you suppose uh, Dave's trying to say in this? I think this song is all about attitude. I mean, I knew exactly what it meant when I was uh, listening to this and I was 16 or 17 years old and it was all about, you know, just rebel and, you know, you know, don't, I don't have to show you proof of anything. I know the law friend. I was like, I, you know, I was a pretty good kid and uh, I still was like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it just I, seems I, it, it just seems very contradictory. What do you think, Corey? I don't know. I, I could see them just getting up on the stage in, in their backyard party days and belting out something like this. And actually, uh, one of the lines from this song came from a song called uh, "Get the Show on the Road," uh, which was included on their '77 uh, Warner Brothers demo. Uh, so they, they kind of had a similar attitude back in '77 uh, when they were making their big break. But I could see Dave. I, I know they didn't do the song in the backyard days, but it kind of had that vibe to it. Right, because yeah, you know that, yeah. that that's kind of what they projected at that time. Mm-hmm. And if you want more on that, read uh, Greg Renoff's book, uh, Van Halen Rising. Oh yeah. a must read. That's a must. That's read. a shout out. I feel like I, was- I feel like Dave lyrics are less about making sense and more about a feeling. Like he's trying to get the audience charged up and just get him that feeling, and and it doesn't always like tell a story, and it doesn't always makes sense but you just you just get the vibe like you're like okay this song is uh hey man i'm taking whiskey to the party night and i'm looking for somebody to squeeze like that's what it's about 100 yeah, percent. He, he is capable of telling stories uh every now and then in songs yeah. but yeah this is more more of a tone poem you you, you yeah. kind of get it, it it fits the 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 pace of the song i think perfectly I guess maybe that's the the difference here because you know I could say I could say the same thing about uh, a few of Sammy's tunes that sure. I go yep. like he's not he's not he's not aiming to tell a story in this song he's going for vibe or you know what have you and yet still we end up like downvoting that song or what what according to the numbers anyway like uh again I'm not trying to justify up for breakfast but that that song is clearly he's not exactly telling a story he's just giving oh no you he is no he's well, telling a right, story fine. all right fine <laughs> he wants to fuck uh, some mix that's what he wants to do <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a vi- that's a vibe you know you can you can you can vibe on that when you're just like man those eggs look so good i want to fuck it uh but <laughs> nevertheless i don't know i guess what i'm getting at is we it seems it seems to me that uh people will give dave more of a pass on his nonsensical writing, if the vibe fits the, you know, fits the, the structure of the music. That's, but fair. They, uh, that's fair. But apparently we don't do that for Sammy. And I, yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. So maybe is it because Dave stuff sounds cooler? Like her versus rumor be. from your mama's tongue. You're a desperate woman. Need a man with a gun. That sounds cool. Whereas Sammy that's, shit is she puts the cream in my coffee first thing in the morning. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, that sounds cool, but then, but then Dave will follow it up with the, uh, like I'm looking for someone to squeeze. I ain't looking for someone to fight. Oh, well, yeah. it's like, he's a lover, not like, a fighter. I get it. You, well then, well then are you, are you the man with a gun that, uh, the desperate woman <laughs> needs or not? Like what's like, what are we, what are we talking about here? You know, just, it, it, it's it, not a physical gun. It's a metaphorical straight. one. He's yeah. talking about oh, his like, penis. Like finger Mark. guns. He's talking about <laughs> every song. Okay. 
Every song David Lee Roth ever wrote, I think, involves his penis in some way, shape, or form. Ah, so then by that, so all right, we figured it out by that logic. Absolutely, because because Dave's songs, uh, they fit the vibe because he's he's always talking about his penis. So because he's always talking about his penis, even if the song lyrically is nonsensical, we give it a pass because like ah, that Dave. But God forbid. God forbid Sammy Hagar talk about is like, look, I like to eat breakfast and have sex. So what's wrong with that? And everyone's like, boo, that song, boo, you don't pass the vibe check. Like, and I get it. I, I mean, I downvoted that song too. I understand. I'm just, I'm just trying to understand uh, the, uh, the do's and the don'ts here. Um, the numbers don't lie. And we, we have upvoted more of Dave than we have of Sammy. And I had mentioned, I think it's because of the nature of the songs that we're landing on. And yet, I wonder if this, if Romeo Delight, with all, with the way it's written and the way uh, the song is structured, but if it was a Sammy tune, would people still be jazzed on it? Or would we just be tearing it apart like we did up for breakfast? Because it was like, what the hell is Sammy talking about in this song? Well, and That's think my about question. If, if Sammy was doing this song, there'd be a synthesizer on it and it'd be a love song, right? Whereas Dave's more up-tempo. <laughs> Sammy doesn't have a ton of rockers uh, in the Van Halen catalog. When he does, they they, they absolutely rock. But uh, sure. on average, uh, th- this would be a love song or about aliens, uh, probably. <laughs> aliens, <laughs> aliens fucking eggs, probably. But no, you, you, you raise a fair point. And yeah, maybe we are a little too harsh on, on Sammy's lyrics. Uh, maybe he's just trying to sound cool. And a lot of the shit he writes is cool. Yeah, it's just a hypothetical I put to the uh, not just to you two, but uh, to the audience in general. Like seriously, like get get back to us if you guys are listening and if you if you understand what I'm asking here and if you have some sort of an answer, please let us know. Uh, all the lurkers watching the show right now, let us speak up. Let us know, Sean, uh, Perle- uh, Lineker. Um, but anyway, onward. Yep, chime in. Let us know. You can really hear Mike's space just oh yeah booming in the mix there. And this is that's one of my favorite parts of this song is just because you know Eddie and Alex, like in the band, you just you know, they shine so much. And I feel like every week I'm making a comment about one of those two. But in, in this song, like you really, really hear Mike and you can hear how skilled he is. And you know, like you always hear about people talking about his background vocals and that. But you you can hear him on the bass there, and he's just he's just rocking out, and it's just so good. Could not agree more. Absolutely dead on. And listening to it with headphones, especially because you got Mikey on one side, and it's probably the side I, I think I'm deafer in my right ear, so I got Mikey in my left, so I'm really hearing him nice and clear, and it sounds amazing. I got to point this out here. This came from uh, Eddie Van Halen talking about uh, 
um, there, there's like a heartbeat sound you, you hear throughout the verses right in this song. Uh, Eddie Van Halen explained, uh, Mike was picking quietly and I tapped my strings against the pickup poles. Uh, the clicking sound heard throughout the song was created by Eddie pressing the low E string against the pickup of his guitar. Huh? Interesting. Can you hear that now? That I guess I'm not a guitar uh, player, so I, I means nothing to me. But I don't know. It, I didn't. I didn't really. I never thought about it. I would have to like really, really tune into it uh, next time. But uh, that's that's. It doesn't sound like Mikey's playing gently. So that's that's an interesting that's an interesting comment to make. Uh, I wonder if he's bullshitting or if well, uh, maybe it was just they're sitting around the studio, right? Mike was just playing, you know, picking quietly. Just warm it oh, up or maybe. something. Yeah, then, maybe yeah. so. So, gentlemen, uh, what do you think about that solo? Oh, fuck. Like, naturally, right? It's Eddie Van Halen. It's amazing. Yeah, of course. It, I mean, it's, it, you know, it just, it sounds, it, it just, it just sounds like it, it's just a box of fireworks that's just, on, you know, just everything's going off at the same time, but somehow he's keeping it under control. And, you know, it's just, there's just so much energy and I don't know. It's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. And he's just, he's just killing it. And, um, and then he just goes right back into the song. I did his transitions always blow my mind how he can go from this, you know, solo that's like a rocket ship taking off and then they go right into the heartbeat and he just changes levels and uh mm-hmm. always blows my mind how he can do that uh, amazing and i just want to point out because it was his birthday not that long ago how alex knows exactly what to play underneath his brother's solos like, like mm-hmm. sometimes it's like a big drum roll or something this one here he's just kind of working the hi-hat Right, he's playing the hi-hat. He'll open it every once in a while. But but just that little bit is the perfect accent underneath, especially with Mikey so prominent, uh, you know, blasted on the bass there, right? Alex, like, knows enough to, like, sit back and just kind of, you know, play out. I'm wet for Alex Van Halen is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks to Kevin Brown, I'm getting that T-shirt coming. I just want to point out, uh, Per uh, Lineker is in the chat here. Uh, he says the production on this album is like the debut with the second record combined. Yeah, that's... Uh, nice. A good comparison because yeah. they sound great. He says also the breakdown after the solo has a live at Leeds feel. So there's a who reference. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, nice. Pretty good comparison there. I thought. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get back to it. It seems like Alex is just opening the hat whenever he wants. There's no rhyme or reason to it, right? Just yeah. I'll do a double here. I'll do a single here. He's choosing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just, I love it that. doesn't matter. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'll do it this time, this way, and then that way. Yeah, it's fine. Love it. As a drummer, I'm always like, how do you know? Like, you know, when do you want to open that hat, right? And he just like, fuck it, just whenever. And it's it, just whenever you perfect. want. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So 
now imagine that live market. Oh, like, I hear it now. Yeah, th- th- this is the show opener, right? Like, like Greg was talking about. This opened a lot of shows, right? And then mm. you're doing this section here live uh, with j- just the natural kind of come down from the solo and then that slow build back up. Amazing. It sounds like an opening track now, like the more I think of it. And it's because it's like, this is the only sort of respite in the song and it's not even really a respite because, you know, it's still, you got that, uh, uh, you still got the rhythm section still like keeping it on pace. So it's not going to go too far, far away. And it's just building the audience back up with momentum. Mm-hmm. So there's that picking against the post. Right? Yeah, I hear, I yeah. hear, I definitely hear it now. <laughs> yeah. Very prominent now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Romeo delight. Gotta love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one you want to end the, uh, the, the concert, uh, ending on, uh, Oh, absolutely. Van Halen's, uh, very, uh, notorious for just doing like the fade out. Um, and, uh, and you know, the, the fade out's fine, but sometimes it would really help. It's like, nah, do, do the, uh, arena outro, like do that end on, end on one of those notes. Um, thankfully, especially the this song. track yeah. did that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Good call on that. So there you have it. Romeo Delight, a long time manifested, finally come to fruition. Finally, the wheel has spun it. And finally, we have jammed it. And my question now is, how do we really feel about it? Therefore, it's time to give it the old yay or nay. And since, Greg Zito, you are our honored guest for the evening, it falls on to your vote first. So... Let at, let us ask the age-old question for Romeo Delight. Is it what dreams are made of, or is the dream over? Yeah, th- th- this one, this one kicks everybody's ass and takes its lunch money. Um, this one's awesome. It, it, unbelievable. Um, I saw him in 12 and, uh, I've seen him six times and, uh, they played it uh, when I saw him in 12 and it still was unbelievable. And, uh, no, this is, this is, this is, uh, one of my favorites and I'm so happy I spun it tonight. I, I, Corey, I was worried it was going to be the spank show and I was worried <laughs> we were going to have to make lemonade. But uh, I'm thrilled that we got Romeo Delight. So, yeah, winner, big one. 
You heard it here, Corey. Greg Zito uh, prefers Romeo Delight, your middle school bully, uh, taking your lunch <laughs> money and kicking your ass. Uh, he, I knew he I like Greg. Wait. I, I just he knew couldn't it. wait <laughs> to get those thumbs up. He, he was just like, don't even bother, Mark. Don't even ask me. Here it is. So yeah. <laughs> it's like we don't condone bullying, but uh, well, your uh, your comparison is acceptable for this show for the purposes of the show. So there you go. There's one vote. Yay. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I know where this one's going to go, but I'm going to ask my co-host Corey, did Romeo delight delight you so much that it took you up into the, uh, the heavens of your dreams. And, mm-hmm. uh, and if not, would you consider your dream completely over is did, did uh, Romeo's delight break your window and, other Shakespearean reference, yay or nay? Hmm. I'll tell you all about it. If you downvote Romeo Delight, why are you listening to this show? Like, I I, I can't relate to you as a human being. Don't like, ask those uh, questions. Like, I, I just, I, I, I can't. Like, I, I look at a lot of things that happen in America, and I shake my head. Like, how is this? How is this a thing? How is this possible? How could anyone downvote Romeo Delight? I, I don't get it. Women and children is maybe like it. God, it, I, I, I say this every week. Like, it's my favorite Van Halen album, right? But you know, you, you take away like fifty one fifty, take away eighty four, take away Van Halen one. Women and children is is like just one of my absolute all time favorites. I don't know if there's a stink around this thing. I'm pretty sure if I look at it, we have upvoted every single song uh, from this album. And yes, we have. We're a perfect six and zero for women and children. Uh, it's a it's a seven and zero for me. We'll we'll see uh, Mark's what when it happens. But if you downvote this, I, I I can't relate to you as a person. I'm going to steal a line from Chris from Pot of Thunder. He's like, I just I, I can't relate to you. I don't understand you. The, the, it, it, it's perf- it's musical perfection. This is everything I'm looking for uh, in a rock song. It's produced impeccably uh i i love everything about it uh when we spun romeo delight i just got so so happy and i was very happy for greg i was hoping we we had a run there where our guests came on and we just spun them shit uh but tonight <laughs> greg got an absolute winner and i felt very very good about that but there's one more vote to happen and it's mr mark Kamire, and he's uh finicky uh on occasion uh so i'm curious mark is uh, this what dreams are made of or is the dream over for you If there's one thing we've learned doing this show, it's that nothing is impossible. We thought it was impossible for anyone to downvote a song like Unchained. We thought it was impossible, absolutely impossible, unthinkable that Ain't Talking About Love would get anything lower than at least a 99%. And guess what? We did not have that for either of those songs. So at this point, how do you downvote Romeo Delight? Well, I'm not downvoting it, but I'm sure there is someone out there who is going to say, eh, just for the, you know, whether it's because of the sake of saying, eh, and being contrary, or just maybe it just didn't work for him. However, for me, it absolutely works. There's a, a very good reason why uh, so many of you out there wanted to hear this song, and it's just so. Um, it's absolutely everything that uh, Van, what it's what makes Van Halen uh, such an incredible band. Like it's just, it's the swagger of it all. It's the swing. It's the, it's the tone of the, of the guitar. It's the, the beat of the drums. And yes, it is the, uh, the thumping rhythm of Mikey. When you let him 
stretch it out. When you let him stretch his wings and fly, boy, will he soar. So, you know, just, I, I, I'm glad that the mixing had him up so high. There were moments during the solo where I thought maybe Mikey's a little too high in this because we can't really hear Eddie very, very well. But then that thought was just sort of, nah, he's fine. Everything's fine. I, I really dig this. So uh, women and children first. Yeah. As Corey pointed out, like this, I don't think there's a stinker on this album. We only have one more to go after this. So time will tell. Uh, but so far it's, it's all justified. Uh, I don't have anything real, nothing bad tremendously to say about this song other than bringing up some interesting points about, uh, the lyrical passes that we somehow give to Dave that we don't give to Sammy for whatever reason. And I think a lot of that just has to do with the structure of the music itself. So, um, perhaps that is a debate for another time, maybe another show. Hey, if you want Corey and I to really break down the, the nitty gritty, the nuts and bolts of it all, you should head over to Patreon and get on a tier and make sure be like, Hey, we want you to talk about that. And we'll do that. There's, there's definitely a Patreon tier for you on our Patreon site. So go to our Patreon, check that out. And, uh, you might, uh, hear us ramble more about it, but until then Romeo delight is absolutely what dreams are made of. It's everything you want in a great Van Halen track. So there you go. Clean sweep, but Corey's not going to let me go that easily. Oh. Yeah, there it is. What does that music mean? You know what it's it means. It's time to play. How many times has Van Halen played Romeo Delight live? The Mark game Kamire. is let's humiliate Mark further. <laughs> it just like let's show how bad his guessing game truly is. You know, because I really like Greg. He doesn't like Spank. He he's with me on that. I'm gonna let him go second. <laughs> Mark, we're gonna start with you. <laughs> all right. Price all right. is right rules. You have to get closest to the actual number without going over. How many times have Van Halen performed Romeo Delight? Well, I got to imagine they probably played this song uh, every every date of the tour from the album. And then I have to imagine that they probably opened up their sets with this song a lot. At least mm -hmm. a, a smart person would anyway, uh, uh, because the song really cooks. So, I, you know what? I'm going to be generous and I'm going to say they played this song 350 times. 350 times. All right. Greg Zito, uh, what is your guess? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little lower. I'm gonna say 265. 265. Well, I tell you what, we have a winner. His name is Mark Kamire. Oh, Van wow. Halen performed this song 482 wow. times. Nice, Mark. It still feels way, way off, but I'll take the win regardless because it doesn't well, happen it, often. So. I tell you, they played it 110 times in 1980, and then again in 81, 82. They, they played it all the way up to yeah. 2015 in their final show at the Hollywood Bowl. Hell uh, yeah. In, uh, yeah. October 4th, 2015. So an absolute mainstay for Van Halen. You could find the live version actually on the Tokyo Dome live album, but 482 times is the correct answer. Rightfully so. If you have a banger like this, I don't see why you get you you know leave it off of your set list at all. Just like ain't talking about love, and you absolutely must play that song every time. You must every yeah, time. No, you, you you can't go to a Van Halen show, and if if they don't play that, you know you you feel cheated. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I've seen Pearl Jam play that twice. Really. Yeah. Pearl Jam played Ain't Talking About Love? Yes. When they come to Hartford, I live in Hartford, they play that in Hartford. Wow. What does that even 
I wonder if I can find amazing. like a live footage of that. Yeah. Uh, McCready is a huge uh, uh, Van Halen fan. Oh, yeah. oh sure. That and would be it. My my brain's trying to make sense of Eddie Vedder uh, singing "Ain't Talking Beloved." Like I can I can kind of hear it in my brain of what a, it sounds when like. When they get to yeah. "Hey Hey Hey," and every fist in the place is pumping. Oh yeah, everybody is doing it, and you go. Everybody is a Van Halen fan. Mm-hmm. You're like, you know, this is it. This is it. Probably why they did it, you know, just to demonstrate. It's like, look, look what we all enjoy, pr- appreciate collectively. Uh, it's like, yeah, let's do this Van Halen song. Everybody likes Van Halen. So there you but go. Hey, Mark, you know, I want to jump back to something you said about, you know, we we're talking about Dave and Sam and everything. Sure. Like, you know, okay, why does Dave get a pass on some stuff? And then Sammy gets, you know, some shit about, you know, his lyrics and everything. The thing so Dave gets the slide on some stuff, but the thing that Dave gets shit about is when he turns into lounge lizard Dave and he does his like California girls, just a gigolo and he's performing in the Vegas lounge and you can picture him in a leopard skin suit and everybody's like, Hey, this isn't rockstar Dave. This is like, Hey, somebody celebrating an anniversary. And you know, you're like, wait a minute. Like, this isn't the guy that I thought was the coolest guy in the world. This is, you know, somebody else. That's, that's where he gets shit because Everybody goes, well, wait a minute, you know, I thought he was going to be, you know, the cool guy with the swagger and he, he listens to like big band stuff and, you know, he's, he's totally different. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I just, uh, I, I don't know, like, do, do, do people really think less of him because of him doing that because of anything, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like he, because he is such a performer showman yeah. that it's him doing those sort of like vaudevillians, like yeah. sort of lounge, you know, show yeah. showman type deals. Like that's that honestly, to me sounds more like David, it speaks more to David Lee Roth's sensibilities than even a lot of the stuff in Van Halen. Uh, but just because, he is the way he is you know what i mean um but yeah like i i don't know do do people think lesser of him because of that because they 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 have this expectation that he was always this uh you know heavy metal hard rock icon and then here he is singing you know sad and lonely uh i think there there's some people who wanted to see dave the people who like unchained and romeo delight don't like seeing dave do other things. And I think it's the same thing. Oh, okay. They yeah. go, you know, Van Halen's supposed to do, you know, this hard rock stuff. And then why are they doing when it's love with Sammy Hagar? So I don't like Sammy oh. Hagar because they're doing when it's love, but Eddie Van Halen wrote all the music and that's where mm-hmm. Eddie, yeah. Eddie's muse took him to this place where he's doing different kinds of music. And if that's what Eddie wanted to write, then Sammy's writing lyrics over that music. Sure. So basically what you, what you're uh, to sum up, you're saying the same thing that uh, what we say on the show all the time here is that uh, the, the people that are diehard uh, David Lee Roth fans are very uh, fickle because they, it's like to them, 
that is Van Halen. There is no other Van Halen. Um, and uh, <laughs> if they are the same people, go, you know, kind of poo-pooing uh, David Lee Roth's other musical endeavors too. And it's like, okay, so you guys are just stuck in this one lane and you just can't get yourselves out no matter how much the band is trying to get you to expand and you just won't do it. Um, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense because yeah, the, the, it's two camps. It seems like sure. the absolutely... Uh, there is no other Van Halen except for the David Lee Roth uh, fronted Van Halen. Um, that, that includes Sammy, that includes Gary or whomever else. Uh, and then you got the other people that are just kind of like, well, no, they've got some really great stuff over here. Like when Dave wasn't in the band also, you know, Sammy's a killer singer. So why, why wouldn't we, uh, keep listening to it it's still van halen like if it would if they were a completely different different band that would be one thing but they weren't they just had a different vocalist and they were somewhere else musically and mentally uh at that given time bands are allowed to grow and change um but uh yeah I didn't, yeah i mean i guess these are the people who walk into baskin robbins and go there are 31 flavors here i'm only gonna I'll take the vanilla. vanilla chocolate swirl yeah this is the <laughs> only flavor i you will basic ever bitches here. and yeah. you yeah basic bitches and you know what man you gotta open yourself up to all the possibilities because there's some great ones and last week like i said some experiments work and some don't and you know what for the most part in the van halen universe most of the experiments work yeah. I mean, it, it, it speaks to their, the success that the band has had alone. You know, it's, it's obviously uh, when they wanted to try new things, uh, some of it, yeah, as you say, some of it works, some of it didn't. And, you know, we have, we have very much declared which, which of those things we've listened to thus far on the show that don't work. Uh, but then, you know, we've been pleasantly surprised by the things that we expect won't work, but they do. Um, but also to your point, it's still, by eddie van halen it's still by alex van halen like it's the van halen brothers it's still the band it's still the and same it, band and you can still tell it's them you can still yeah. tell it's got the van halen sound and the van halen feel to it it's all yeah. van halen at no point even the songs that are what i consider have been atrocious and there's only been a couple uh even those songs I've, i haven't gone like well, that's not Van Halen. And like, no, it's Van Halen. It was just not the Van Halen I wanted to hear. That's all. That's all it is. And that's, I mean, and it's okay to, you know, if, if, if you are in that camp of uh, David Lee Roth and no other, it's like, okay, cool. But can you at least just acknowledge that? No, no, no. All of the other Van Halen existed. It's just not the Van Halen you want to hear. So don't, don't say hashtag, not my Van Halen, or it's like, nope, Van Halen. Uh, they, they're, they were done when Sammy entered the band. Like, no, they weren't done at all. That is just an era that you don't want to hear. Uh, but it happened. Okay. It happened. Yeah. And you know what, for those people, they're missing out on some great stuff. I agree. That's, that's, that's what Corey and I kind of, uh, we just sort of, we, we end the thought on because it's like more for us, more for all of us to, uh, to celebrate the band because there's so much to look forward to. And there's so much that uh, we can still discuss. Uh, we're not pigeonholed into one specific era alone, because that would make for a very boring show. And I'm pretty sure Corey and I would already be, it would be very close to done. If not done already, if that were the case, Yeah, you'd, we'd just be listening to Panama and running with the devil. Yeah. 
which are great tracks, but you know, we, we did, we did those. We already did them. Let's move on. So, uh, so there you have it. Uh, all right. Before we head out now, it's time to do the acknowledgments, uh, portion of the show. So I've, uh, Corey, if you don't mind, I'm just going to go through our patrons real quick. Uh, I mentioned, Mention the Patreon. Go ahead. Uh, go to our Patreon, podcastwillrock.com or uh, Patreon uh, slash Patreon. Uh, you know the address. If you type in Patreon, Podcast Will Rock will pop up. Uh, find that's a right. tier that's right for you. If uh, if there's a tier on there or if you don't find a tier that you like, but you still want to support us, you can do that as well. Uh, hell, head on over to podcastwillrock.com. Go check out our merch. We've got <laughs> an ever-growing uh, list of uh, shirt designs. Uh, thanks to our friend Kevin Brown, who's always uh, ready at the whim to uh, whip up uh, something really ridiculous and stupid that we love and we can't wait to wear uh look at that if uh you can't the listeners can't see Corey is just admiring his new record as well he oh, should man. he has been it's, he has been waiting so long for that thing okay i i, I shed a tear I, I think when this <laughs> arrived today and when i opened yeah. it, this is just i i can't put into words how much this live album meant to me when i got it uh, back in the day so now that i have it uh, on vinyl i'm just deliriously happy well, you keep admiring that for another few moments or so. So uh, thank you to our patrons, uh, Matt Lacasse, Nate from the Deep Purple Podcast. Thank you. Rava Flav, Josh, uh, Don Detallo, our Wabo and Cabo, uh, Chaz, Charles, Chaz Mataz, of course, uh, Sean McGinnity from Meet the Geeks, the Sean Geek and Fast Fret Podcast. Thank you. Kevin Brown from the Seaside Pod Review and the Tom Petty Podcast. Uh, per Lineker, Scott Monroe, and Ryan Powell. And last but certainly not least, our honored guest for the evening, Greg Zitos. Greg, once again, thank you so much for being on the show and thank you for your patience. Uh, you've, you've, probably been waiting uh, quite a while since you've been with us uh from the beginning but uh please feel free if you got anything you want to plug anything any socials you want to promote the floor is yours now i don't have anything to plug tonight but i do want to say oh, mark and Corey, it's been a pleasure thank you so much for having me on the show and uh cory when you uh put the uh live album on make sure you turn it all the way up to 11 guaranteed guaranteed <laughs> my friend just blow up whatever uh, whatever amp you got to your tubes. Blow up the tubes, <laughs> and uh, you know it'll, it'll be fine. It'll melt away whatever residual snow is left up there. Um, <laughs> and uh, speaking of blowing them away, uh, Corey, we are part of the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. Would you please blow the audience away with our ever growing list of awesome shows? Yes, sir. So many great shows on the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Let's run through them real quick. Uh, myself, John Mariano, and Scott Haskin do a little show called Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited. Also, John and I do a show called Backtracks Theme Music. We actually just recorded our 50th episode. It drops this Monday. Woo. And it's kind of a big song from kind of a big movie, a big comedy from 1992. An iconic scene, an iconic song from an iconic comedy. Mark, you're a movie trivia guy. Any guesses? Mm -hmm. 92 comedy yep. iconic uh well if you if you had said 93 i might have guessed the dazed and confused uh uh song but uh 92 oh Swing. No, i don't ah from wings <laughs> okay okay cool yeah so Bohemian rhapsody World. yep Oh, of course. Of course, Bohemian Rhapsody. I was literally, that, my brain was going through all the songs on the soundtrack. <laughs> Bohemian the Rhapsody, The most famous one. Yeah, the most famous one. Yes, so yeah, is. that drops Monday. Please, everybody go check out John and I talking Bohemian Rhapsody from Wayne's World. 
Yeah. Also, uh, Scott Haskin, our good friend, does a show called Uriah Heap, the Magician's Podcast. Uh, our good friends, Nate and John, at the Deep Purple Podcast. Nate was actually just on Pot of Thunder and did a great job. They picked a fantastic Queens of the Stone Age song, so go check that one out. Uh, the Simple Man at Skinnerd Reconsidered. Terry T-Bone Matthew at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side. Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast. Paul, Joe, and David at In the Lap of the Pods. That's all things Queen. Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge. That's the Hawkwind Podcast. Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z. Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast. Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast. George and Hattie at the Judas Priest Cast. Clay and Rye at North by South Podcast. That's a great uh, podcast comparing Canadian and American music. Go check that one out. It's a lot of fun. Greg and Jonathan again at So Far, So Pot, So What, Tucking All Things Megadeth. Kevin, our good friend Kevin Brown at the Tom Petty Project. And Kevin with his good buddy Randy Woods at Seaside Pod Review uh talking all things queen again uh very similar format to ours they have a wheel they're breaking down the queen catalog one song at a time it's maybe my favorite podcast out there right now they're doing a great job uh quinn at and volume for all sav nick steven mark at the rock roulette podcast and Chaz and greg at regarding lulu and don't forget our good friends uh like oh i lost my piece of paper you're all doomed. The Friday the 13th podcast. That's one of them. Of course, Eric Sanich at booked on rock. How can we forget uh, the Sean McGinnity podcast, the Sean geek and fast Fred podcast. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts is again out there. And uh, I got to throw a, a, a big shout out to the bogus Oda show. They had the DLR cast boys on their show talking about uh, everybody's favorite uh, tour from 2002 uh, where uh, Sammy and Dave joined forces uh, so that's uh, episode eight of season two of the bogus Otis show. Go check that one out. Uh, I know we, we've had both those boys on our show. Uh, they put the invite out to us. Uh, we've been pretty busy with work. We haven't got back to them. That's my fault. I apologize to that, but go check out that episode. Uh, the DLR cast jams with the bogus Otis boys uh, talking about the 2002 tour. That is absolute can't miss and speaking of can't miss man we got a live show coming up mark march 26th it's a friday night we're gonna go at 10 o'clock we're going at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock eastern may 26th what did i say march sorry about that yeah you said march uh, i was just like whoops <laughs> we're like it has been a very long week but uh, <laughs> uh you know stay tuned on our socials we're gonna let you know when we're going live we usually go live about nine o'clock eastern time we're gonna be Something talking like that, yeah. all things live right here right now we're spitting three songs from that album to celebrate the big vinyl release. And one of those is guaranteed to be one of the bonus tracks. So you don't want to miss that. And if you just want more Mark and Corey, uh, you can find me at CD Marset on all your socials uh, at Mark the bat uh, for Mr. Kamire and check us out. Triple W.podcastlerock.com. Get yourself some merch, catch up on old shows, drop us a line. Tell us we suck. Tell us we're okay. Uh, whichever you feel like we, we like them both. And uh, just thank you very much for listening. I prefer if you just say like, yeah, you guys are okay. And then just leave it at that. Yeah. That'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, I've heard worse we, things and then just, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's def definitely worse, but uh, we appreciate it. So uh, on behalf of our guest, Greg Zito, and on behalf of Corey and myself, thank you for joining us. We are, and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.